happy waxing gibbous broomies. In today's episode, we're going to discuss runes, which are a form of divination. If you're unfamiliar with divination, I'd like to suggest listening to the episode Divination A Glimpse Within for a little more information about what divination is, where it started, and how it's used. I will link Season 1, Episode 2 in the podcast description to make it easier to find. Greetings. You have wandered upon Broomstay Witchery, a podcast that explores all things pagan. My name is Sabrin Whitethorn, and I'll be your guide. So grab yourself some tea and come talk a spell with me. The moon is currently waxing or building up to our full moon. She's currently at about 81% waxing, which means our full moon, which is in Cancer, will hit her peak this coming Monday, the 17th. Although technically she'll be full the 16th going into the 17th and won't start waning again until the 20th. So what does this mean? As we discussed in Season 1, Episode 9, January's full moon is the wolf moon, also known as a cold or winter moon, and sometimes referred to as the moon after Yule. This is a time of protection and strength, of beginnings and endings. It's a time for winding down work, taking final steps to finish projects you've started, and at the full moon, enjoying the satisfaction of that hard work. Often during this time, we feel pulled to make changes in our lives. It's wise to embrace those urges to change. We know that with change often comes the need to sacrifice other things, but to embrace change, we must also trust that good things will happen. I don't know about you, but I am definitely feeling these urges as our moon grows with power, and I'm making personal sacrifices and not just embracing, but instead bear-hugging the chance for change in my life. When you're thinking about this upcoming espot, consider honoring and reflecting upon the past year and setting your intentions for what comes next in your life. It's time to rest and reflect, but also to face new beginnings. Wearing or buying amulets is a common practice during this time, so I thought discussing runes in today's episode would be a perfect way to introduce some basic amulets. Before we dive into a little divination today, I'd like to discuss an absolutely cringe-worthy term. Do you have any of those? Words or phrases you hear that just make your eye twitch immediately? I have quite a few of those, actually. One of them is the phrase, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm not entirely sure why this phrase irritates me so much. Maybe it's just the ridiculousness of it, or the fact that you can always feel it coming. Watching a show and someone gets something right and you're thinking, don't say it, don't say it, and then winner, winner, chicken dinner, and then the hysterical laugh that follows because no one else on the planet has ever said that before and it's the most amusing thing they've ever uttered. No. Another one for me is YOLO. This abbreviation is so highly overused today and I think what annoys me the most about it is that it's used completely out of context about 90% of the time. Someone posting a photo of them sunbathing with hashtag YOLO, really, you only live once, so sunbathe? Or laughing at a joke and then using hashtag YOLO, that doesn't even make sense. 
jump out of an airplane or, you know, dive in the ocean and then use the term YOLO. I have a friend who gets illogically skeeved out when someone says moist. That is her cringeworthy word. So when it comes to paganism, one of my cringeworthy phrases is baby witch. I see this or hear it and just immediately feel my jaw clench and my eye twitch. I never really heard this phrase until a few years ago. I don't know who started it or where the fracket came from, but it just irks me. It's meant to be a cutesy way of describing someone who's just starting out in witchcraft or on their pagan path, and it was maybe cute the first time I heard it, until the real meaning of it sunk in, and it became kind of a thing everywhere the last few years. It kind of reminds me of a cutesy backhanded compliment. Those are common here in the South, where the term Southern hospitality can sometimes come in the form of veiled insults. It took me about a month after moving here to realize that, oh, bless your heart, was not a compliment, but instead a veiled insult. It's on the same level for me as someone telling me they're going to pray for me so that God forgives my sins. This is supposed to look like a caring statement, when in actuality, it's an insult. This is their way of saying you're a bad person who's going to roast in their hell, and therefore they're going to make it a point to tell you that they're praying for you. I generally appreciate someone saying they'll pray for me. Sending out positive energy and intentions to a higher power in order to show me a little love and support? Absolutely. Some prayer is welcome. That kind, the kind that is a veiled insult and a not very well hidden judgment, is not welcome. And certainly don't tell me that you're going to pray for me in an insulting manner. I'll tell you not to. No is a protection spell. But I digress. Back on track. Baby witch. Seriously, where did this come from? When someone has just found their Christian faith, do people refer to them as a Christian toddler? Dude buddy isn't experienced enough with their prayer to do it the right way yet. He's still just a Christian tot. No. So why would you refer to someone who decides to follow a pagan path as a baby witch? That's ridiculous. Why are we allowing this to be an actual label? Why are we allowing this to make us feel like a novice or some kind of inexperienced idiot or too new to have any weight behind us? Don't let someone call you this. It's insulting. Now, if you really want to refer to yourself as a baby witch, as a joke, or because you think it's just cute or whatever, that's your right and your choice. But I seriously hope that you don't actually believe that. How can referring to yourself as a baby anything give you strength of self, let alone give you the confidence to work your magic? Magic and intention needs the power of confidence behind it to be beneficial to you at all. Instead, maybe try this. I'm still learning. I mean, we can all say that, right? Friends, refer to Sally Ann as newly initiated or newly introduced to the craft if you truly feel the need to point out their newness. Sally Ann is just a witch, not a new witch or a baby witch or a pagan tot, just a witch. We all started somewhere and we're all still learning every day. Jump in and make some mistakes, but don't allow those mistakes to be the result of someone dragging you down in a cutesy manner. We're going to cycle back to this subject in a little while, so hold that thought. Let's talk runes, friends. 
Today, we're going to discuss a great many things. What runes are and where they came from, how and why they're used, how to find them, cleanse them, and incorporate them into your practice. We're also going to briefly discuss what an amulet is and how you can use runes as amulets and in a variety of other ways. Runes are symbols, which eventually became part of an ancient Germanic alphabet used for communication and divination. Stone-carved runic symbols dating back to the Bronze Age have been discovered in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, and in North America, the Vikings used runic symbols predating Columbus. The word rune means secret or mystery. They're a divinational tool similar to tarot or oracle cards, but offer a more direct answer with less room for interpretation. The reason for this is that all tarot decks and oracle cards are different. They have different artwork and interpretations, where runes are symbols and do not change. There's room for personal interpretation, of course, especially based on your casting method, but there is less room for interpretation than tarot. Runic casting does not tell the future, but instead works with your subconscious and natural energies. They may show the path or cycle that you're currently on and a prediction of that path's outcome based on your actions, but they can also show a cycle you've already completed and how you might keep or fix the results of your actions. Runic symbols also have associated meanings, which are useful as amulets, in magical work, or etched into a variety of items. Amulets are essentially good luck charms, typically small enough to fit in a pocket, hold in the palm of your hand, wear as the pendant on a necklace, or fit into a small bag or pouch that can easily be buried in the ground. They most commonly offer protection, although they have a variety of other uses and meanings. Written on paper, they're typically referred to as a talisman. Sigils are a strong form of talisman, which we'll explore in a future episode. There are three main runic alphabets, or futharks. The Elder Futhark dates back to about 160 CE, which consists of 24 runes whose first six spell out the word Futhark. The Anglo-Saxon Futhark, which is expanded to 33 runes and was used in Britain from the 5th to 12th century, and the Younger Futhark, which replaced the Elder Futhark in Scandinavia in about 700 CE, reducing the alphabet to 16 runes. My focus today will be on the Elder Futhark, as it's the oldest and most common of the three, and is the runic alphabet I personally use. The Elder Futhark is divided into three A-tier, or groups, of eight. The three groups of eight are Frisia's eight, Heimdall's eight, and Tyr's eight. As we're discussing what runes look like, it's important to note that runes do not have curved lines. They have very straight, simplistic lines. This is because runes have always been carved into things, and it's easier to carve straight lines than curved lines. I've posted photos on Instagram and Facebook of the three sets of A-tier, so feel free to reference these photos as we discuss runes to see how they're spelled and what they look like. In between my descriptions of the three sets of A-tier, I'll discuss other topics related to runes in order to break up the very listy nature of the episode. What I wanted to avoid was a very heavy middle section to this episode, where I list out all 24 runes consecutively. My goal is to educate, not to cast a spell of slumber. First, let's look at Frisia's 8. The first six runes in Frisia's 8 spell out the word Futhark. The eight runes are Fehu, Uruz, Thurisaz, Ansuz, Rytho, Kane Oz, 
Gaybo, or sometimes Yibo, and Wunyo. Let's take a closer look and interpret this atir. Fehu means domestic cattle and wealth. It has the sound of F, as in fire. It looks similar to a capital F with the tines of the F slightly lowered and slightly slanted upward. Interpreted, this rune stands for the ability to obtain wealth and the strength needed to hold on to it. It's all about power and control, energy, fertility, foresight, happiness, luck, and material fulfillment, including possessions, property, and income, success, social life, ventures, rest, and the enjoyment of accomplishments. When read Merkstave, which means inverted or upside down, runes take on a different meaning. Fehu, read Merkstave, speaks of burnout, cowardice, domination by others, excessive interest in material matters, failure, greed, unfinished projects, loose ends, loss of things you have put great effort into keeping, such as personal property, esteem, finances, ventures, and social success. It means a time of financial difficulty, bad offers, and issues related to fertility. It's wise to avoid using resources at this time. The magical uses of Fehu include attracting wealth, protecting property, and gaining power over your environment. Worn as an amulet, it increases your power and protects. Uruz means arak, a wild ox. It has the sound of u, as in ooze. It looks similar to a lowercase n, with the top of the n slightly angled downward, or the right-hand side of the n slightly lower than the left. Interpreted, this rune stands for a time of great energy and health, or a return to health after sickness. It's about advancement in career, courage, freedom and free will, exciting events, great creative power, sexual desire, potent masculine energy and assertiveness, and the sudden or unexpected end of one cycle and the start of another. Be ready for change, unknown challenges, and personal success. It's time to take action. When read Merkstave, Uru speaks of brutality, callousness, abuse, and a change for the worse. Failure to take advantage of a moment, hatred, ignorance, the lack of willpower or motivation, and being held back by one's own self-image, sickness, weakness, and domination by others. It means your own power may be used against you. This rune, inverted, may speak of sexual problems for a man or male violence. The magical uses of Uru's includes clearing obstacles and changing circumstances. Worn as an amulet, it can shock the wearer into action or increase sexual potency. Thurisaz means thorn or giant. It has the sound of th as in thorn. It looks similar to a capital P with the top of the P slightly lowered from the top. Interpreted, this rune speaks of a force of destruction that allows the renewal of energy and insight. It stands for protection, necessity of doing the right thing, resistance of oppression or opposition, and reveals dark and destructive natures. It shows chaos and conflict, transformation, lust, a combination of pleasure and pain, stubbornness. An important decision is at hand that may change your life forever. Put your own opinions aside and seek good advice. Reflection and consideration are essential. You should understand your own limitations, calculate risks, and take care. 
When read Merkstave, this rune speaks of betrayal and danger, defenselessness, hatred, evil, spite, lies, and compulsion. It shows an unwillingness to heed advice, opposition from those stronger than you, and a cycle of good luck coming to an end. It's not a good time to boast or be too self-assured. The magical uses of Thurisaz include protection, defense, and can be used for those occasions when one needs to strike back against others. Worn as an amulet, this rune protects you. Ansus means Az, the ancestral god. It sounds like Ah as an awning, call, or law. It looks similar to a capital F, with the tines of the F slightly slanted downward. Interpreted, this rune means a message, communication, or insight. The power of words and naming. Signals, inspiration, speech, true vision, and wisdom. It speaks of advice from unlikely sources. Truth, honesty, good health, stability, and order. It advises you to listen to your own inner voice and symbolizes one who is older or wiser who can teach you a great deal. It might signify doing well on an oral test or job interview. Whatever has been holding you back will soon remove itself. When read Merkstave, it speaks of betrayal, misunderstanding, miscommunication, delusion, or dishonesty. It may signify being manipulated by others or having others interfere with your plans, trickery, a breakdown of communication, loss, an elderly person causing you problems, correspondence gone missing, or it may show a refusal to learn life lessons and journeys that should be straightforward becoming hindered. Seek second opinions, as advice you receive during this time may be biased or for others' gain. The magical use of Ansu's includes bringing calm, making wise decisions, and aid in divination. Worn as an amulet, it increases communication skills. Rytho means wagon or chariot. It sounds like R as in ride. It looks similar to a capital R. Interpreted, this rune is about travel and means of transportation. It speaks of safe journeys, a vacation or trip taken for pleasure, change of setting, a path through a dilemma, a journey through consciousness, or a change of view. It may represent a vehicle or method by which you achieve an objective or goal, a new start or a promotion. It's a good time for negotiations and discussions or to buy or sell something important. Red Merkstave, Ansu speaks of accidents, breakdowns, crisis, dislocation, delays, and disruptions, an unexpected or unplanned journey, or the possibility of a death. This is a bad time for travel, even if you need to do so. Problems are likely to occur during journeys you take, and plans will be upset. Negotiations are unlikely to be favorable. Avoid legal and official dealings, and be patient with others. Stop, listen, think, and learn. The magical uses of this rune include help in searching for the unknown or taking control. When worn as an amulet, it ensures a safe journey and aids in legal matters. Kanaz means beacon or torch. It sounds like K or C as in kick or cane. It looks like a C or an arrow, like a lesser than symbol. Interpreted, it stands for the light of guidance and learning, spiritual and intellectual enlightenment, revelation, insight, illumination, clarity, and learning. It speaks of the power to create your own reality, of being open to new strength and energy, passion, sexual love, 
positive attitude and changes for the better. This rune offers an opportunity to realize your higher potential, suggests a solution to a problem is on its way, and is a time for seriousness and concentration. This is a good time to undertake a creative activity. When read Merkstave, it symbolizes the darkening of light, disillusionment, false hope, and poor judgment. It speaks of missed opportunity, lack of creativity, disease, breakup, ending or loss. It's a sign two people should go their separate ways and shows a lack of clarity or confusion. The magical uses of Kanaz includes the restoration of self-confidence and the strengthening of willpower. Worn as an amulet, it enhances insight. Gebo or Yibo means gift. It sounds like G or Y as in gift or yes. It can also be silent at times. It looks like an X. It symbolizes generosity, hospitality, sacrifice, the gift of wisdom, and deals with matters related to exchange, such as contracts, personal relationships or partnerships, or marriage. It speaks of the sacrifice of independence due to partnership, but also increases due to consolidation. It speaks of growth, love, unexpected gain from joint efforts, sharing and commitment, a new relationship with your higher self, or a new romance may evolve. This is a time for peace, contentment, luck, and harmony. Due to the shape of Gabo, it cannot be read Merkstave, as it looks the same inverted. But if it lies in opposition, which means sideways or off-center, or covers another rune, it can stand for greed, loneliness, dependence, over-sacrifice, obligation, lack of balance, and dishonesty. If you give too much, others may take advantage, but if you stop giving, you may be seen as a hoarder or miser. Gabo's magical uses include promoting harmony, bringing union, or receiving divine instruction. And when worn as an amulet, it brings harmony to your romantic life. Wunyo means joy. It sounds like W or V as in warm, with lips closed together, almost like a V. It looks similar to a capital P. Interpreted, it means happiness, fulfillment, joy, comfort, and pleasure. It can speak of friendship, ecstasy, luck, success, deep affection, and hopes and wishes coming true. It can symbolize a point of relief during a time of strife, reward for efforts, and recognition of achievements. Life is taking a turn for the better. When read Merkstave, it speaks of sorrow or unhappiness, loneliness and strife, failure or dissatisfaction with job performance. Someone in love, friendship or business that you trust or rely on may prove to be untrustworthy. Take caution and put off any important decisions as trouble may be coming from those who oppose you, but it will soon pass. Tradition says that you should delay personal decisions by three months or business decisions by three days. The magical uses of Wunyo include bringing of happiness or success, and worn as an amulet, it brings success to all your endeavors. Before we dive into the next A tier, I'd like to spend a moment debunking the blank rune. In 1982, Ralph Bloom published the Book of Runes, in which he stated that he purchased a rune set from a woman in England who claimed the blank rune represented karma. Due to Bloom's lack of knowledge regarding runic history, he took the woman's word as fact and integrated the blank piece and his own castings. Eventually, Bloom incorporated this false rune into his book, referring to it as word 
or unknown destiny. My best guess would be that the woman either didn't know what the blank rune piece was for or was simply trying to sell Bloom the rune kit. And while his book became widely known and some choose to use his blank rune today, it is not historically accurate. In sticking with the overall theme of this podcast, that there's no right or wrong way to be pagan. If you choose to incorporate the blank rune into your readings, there's nothing wrong with that. If it works for you and holds significance for you, I'm not here to tell you to change your mind. But as I seek to educate, please consider this. A rune is a symbol, not the piece or token that it's etched upon. There is no blank letter in any alphabet. Just as historically, there's no blank rune. The blank rune piece that comes with your commercially purchased rune set is meant to replace another rune piece that may go missing or break. Next, let's look at Heimdall's eight, which are Hagalas, Nathis, Esau, Jera, Iwas, Perthro, Alyes, or sometimes Alehas, and Sobolo. Time to interpret this second A tier. Hagalas means hail. It sounds like H as in hat. It looks like a capital H with its center connecting piece slightly angled downward. Interpreted, it means the wrath of nature, destruction with opportunity for great change, uncontrolled forces, especially the weather or unconscious thoughts. It symbolizes the journey of one's lifestyle into another and represents forces that cannot be avoided, tests and trials, unexpected disruptions or delays. Forces are at work outside of your control, but later you'll understand the limitations that are being imposed on you or the risks you're being forced to take. Let go of the past in order to grow and change. You may find yourself forced out of your current cycle, even if you're afraid to do so. You may feel your future is in the hands of another person you don't know well. This is a time when your character is forged, you develop a backbone, or you live through more than you think possible. Hagalaz cannot be read Merkstave, as it's the same inverted, but if it lies in opposition, it speaks of loss, pain, and suffering, natural disasters, chaos, sickness, or crisis. Blaming others for shortcomings may occur, or having nostalgia for what has gone before. Accidents may be caused by rash behavior. This is not a time for taking risks or gambling. Stop and think through decisions. Magical uses for this rune include removing unwanted influences and breaking destructive patterns. Worn as an amulet, it protects against external aggression. Nawthies means need. It sounds like N as in need. It looks like a lowercase t with a cross section slightly angled down to the right. It stands for delays, restrictions, resistance leading to strength. Working hard to overcome difficulties, great challenges, confusion, conflict, and the power to overcome it. It speaks of a time to exercise patience and face your fears. You may come in contact with some part of yourself that you do not like. Appreciate what you have instead of longing for impossibilities. Draw on inner strength. Assistance will come from older relatives and friends who stand by you in dark times. Red Merkstave, it means a time for testing. Patience and sanity are pushed to the limit, distress and toil. Realize mistakes and be honest with yourself. Avoid hasty judgments. You may need to right wrongs you have imposed upon others in the past. Avoid quick fix solutions and get rich quick schemes. 
Magical uses of Nothies includes channeling kinetic energy tied up in sexual frustration and strength in time of need. Worn as an amulet, it offers inner strength in times of hardship. Esau means ice. It sounds like E as in sleep. It looks like a lowercase l or an I without the dot. It speaks of temporary challenge and frustration and indicates a standstill or freeze in a situation. Psychological blocks to thought or activity, bad feelings, resentment, loyalty issues, a relationship that is cooling off, or a sense of detachment. This is a time to turn inward and wait for what's to come. To seek clarity. It's possible that your lover is losing interest. You may need to cut your losses and move on. Allow time for thought and reflection. Esau cannot be read Merkstave, as it looks the same inverted, but if it lies in opposition, it may mean blindness, illusion, deceit, or betrayal. It speaks of plotting and treachery. It shows a danger of the path that you are on. You may need to leave a no-win situation in order to move forward. Magical uses include strengthening power of concentration and stabilizing personality. Traditionally, this rune is not worn as an amulet. Jera means a year or a good harvest. It sounds like J or Y as in year or jaw. It looks like a diamond where the right side has fallen or shifted down, or perhaps a lesser than and greater than symbol sitting catty corner from each other. It speaks of the results of earlier efforts being realized. It's a time for happiness and peace and brings the promise of success earned. Go with the flow. Great results are not achieved by going against the natural order of things. Changes will come with the proper time and we need to be ready for new beginnings. A feeling of relief after a long project may occur. Jera cannot be read Merkstave, but lying in opposition, it may mean a sudden setback, major change, repetition, or bad timing. It could speak of poverty or conflict. Legal help may be needed, or you may be called upon to account for past misdeeds. It's possible that you're following a path for which you're not suited. The magical uses for this rune include bringing about change and bringing your will into effect slowly and naturally. Worn as an amulet, it helps to manifest your inner vision into physical reality. I was means you tree. It sounds like the I in pride or sometimes short, as in pig. It looks like a capital S whose top and bottom are slightly slanted. It stands for strength, endurance, defense, protection, reliability, and dependability. It speaks of doing the right thing and indicates that you have set your sights on a reasonable target and can achieve your goal. Minor delays are possible, but are not likely to cause much trouble. You may hear from someone in your past, and things that were not dealt with can now be successfully resolved. It may symbolize an honest man coming into your life who can be relied upon. I was cannot be read Merkstave, but lying in opposition, it means weakness, dissatisfaction, a sense of loss and confusion, and may signify the resurgence of an old problem or person that has not been dealt with. It speaks of false nostalgia for the past. Magical uses for this rune include bringing profound change and overcoming difficulty while looking for a new path. Worn as an amulet, it offers protection from your own weakness. Perthro means lot cup or vagina. It sounds like P as in poem. It looks like a C with two tines added to its ends and slanted opposite each other. 
It's a rune of mystery that signifies a disclosure of some sort of secret. It reveals hidden things and occult abilities. It may speak of initiation, knowledge, learning of one's destiny, or determining the future of your path. Tradition says that if this rune is drawn first in the casting, the reading should be aborted because any advice that follows will change the course of fate and anger the Norns. Red Merc's Dave, this rune speaks of addiction, unpleasant surprises, or skeletons in the closet that are about to be revealed. This is not a good time to take risks, as obstacles may arise that confound all you are trying to do. Magical uses include an increase in power or gaining of wisdom, and worn as an amulet, it can aid in childbirth. Alyes or Alehaz means elk and protection. It sounds like a Z and looks like a capital Y whose stem extends above the top. It symbolizes protection or a shield. It wards off evil, brings warnings of danger, and begs you to follow your instincts. Keep hold of success or maintain a position earned. There may be a fortunate new influence entering your life or a beneficial opportunity. Red Merkstave, it means hidden danger, loss of a divine link, or vulnerability. It speaks of the possibility of there being someone you should avoid or an offer you should refuse. Someone may be using you, or you may be expecting something for nothing. Avoid those who pull or wear you down. Look after yourself first, and only later use your energy to benefit others. This may be a time of sickness or poor health. Magical uses for this rune include protection from negative impulses and filling a place with power. It's worn as an amulet for protection. Sowilo means the sun. It looks like an S. It sounds like an S, as in sun. It means success, achieved goals, honor, good health. It's closely related to the heart and summer season, and is a strong, positive force of light, warmth, and life. Too little means lack of light and life, and too much sun brings drought and feelings of being burned out. It cannot be read Merkstave, but lying in opposition, it can represent false goals, bad counsel, gullibility, negative change, burnout, or overconfidence. It reveals your dark side, that side of your nature that is destructive to you and others. The magical uses of Suwilo are to gain energy, healing, and strength. Worn as an amulet, it increases vitality. Before we take a look at our final A tier, let's discuss how to prepare for the reading of our runes, which you'll hear me refer to as a rune casting. Find a quiet area. Some people cast their runes right at their altar, while others sit at a table or simply cast on the floor. It's best to face north, as this is the direction of the Norse gods. However, it's not necessary. If it helps you move into a relaxed or meditative state, or to set the tone for your reading, light candles, burn incense, or put out items that represent the four elements in your casting area. You can even play music if you wish. It's all about you, about how you like to relax and what helps you to focus. Any surface can be used. A common practice is to use a small cloth referred to as a rune cloth or casting cloth. This serves a few purposes. First, it protects your runes from hard surfaces, from breaking or scratching. And second, it forms a boundary for your casting. If you're casting outside, a boundary can even be drawn with chalk, 
etched into the ground or laid out with sticks, salt, or string. If you do decide to use salt to form a boundary, please keep in mind that it will kill or harm grass, so using salt to form a circle in the grass is not a wise idea. As for a rune cloth, you can really use anything. A piece of felt, satin, or silk, velvet, or a piece of cotton cloth. I've even seen someone use a placemat, which they rolled up and kept with their rune set. I thought this was a fantastic idea. I personally use a small piece of gray wolf-like faux fur, as it has a more natural look that fits the overall tone of my altar space. Some will insist that you should use a specific color of cloth, such as white or black, but I'm of the mindset that you should choose whatever speaks to you. There is no right or wrong way. And now our final A tier, which is tiers 8. Tiwas, Bercano, Awas, or sometimes Awo, Manas, Lagus, Ingwas, or sometimes Ing, Thagas, and Othala. And a closer look at this final A tier and its interpretations. Tiwas means Tyr, the sky god. It sounds like T as in Tuesday, and looks like an arrow pointing up. It symbolizes honor, justice, leadership, authority, victory, or success in competition, battle, and legal matters. It's about knowing where one's true strength lies. You're ready to fight for what you believe in. It relates to a binding oath and commitment, committing yourself to a cause or fight, relationship, or marriage. Red Merck's Dave, it speaks of injustice, imbalance, failure in competition, strife, and war. Difficulties in communication may occur, or refusal to listen to others or to sense. Failure due to giving up too early when difficulties arise in conflict or competition. Magical uses for this rune include strength, protection, and victory. And worn as an amulet, it offers protection. Bercano means the birch goddess. It sounds like B as in birch. It looks like a capital B. Interpreted, this rune stands for birth, whether of a child or an idea, rebirth, fertility, mental and physical growth, renewal, the promise of new beginnings, whether ideas, romances, or projects, family, home, motherhood, nurturing, and caring. Red Merck's Dave, it speaks of infertility, sickness, anxiety, stagnation, or secrecy within marriage or a relationship. If you're unhappy, you should examine your own character in order to understand what's interfering with your growth or what you're doing to draw these energies to you. You may be putting up with unreasonable behavior or putting your own desires before others. Magical uses for Bercano are to heighten fertility or help with women's problems. Worn as an amulet, it helps with making a fresh start. Awas or Ehu means horse or two horses. It sounds like A as in day. It looks like a capital M. Interpreted, this rune stands for transportation, mode of transportation, travel and movement or change for the better. It speaks of gradual change or steady progress, of natural changes that occur in life, a change of occupation or new address, and often indicates a journey. Red Merck's Dave, it means a change is craved, feelings of restlessness or that we're confined in a situation, that not all possibilities are open to you or you have a lack of direction. Be careful not to overdose on needed medications right now or use something that may cause adverse reactions. 
trouble with travel and transport may occur. Frustrations that family and friends aren't in tune with what you desire may be an issue during this time. There may be health worries connected with domestic or family pets. Magical uses for this rune include building power, bringing people together, or breaking them apart. And worn as an amulet, it aids in communication. Manas means man or mankind. It sounds like M as in man and looks similar to a capital M with two additional tines forming a cross at the top or two poles with an X between them at the top. It stands for the self, the individual or the human race, friends and enemies, personal reflection, your attitude and perceptions towards others or theirs towards you. Reflect on your own behavior before criticizing others. Expect to receive help or aid from others. Red Merkstave, it speaks of manipulation and self-delusion, a problem that has been blown out of proportion or isolation due to self-retreating from the world for self-reflection. Expect no help right now. There may be an enemy or untrustworthy person around you, and you may find yourself lacking in the ability to communicate. Magical uses for this rune include help with social relationships, and worn as an amulet, it assists with reflection. Lagus means water, ocean, or lake. It sounds like L as in life, and looks like a backward seven in which the top is slightly angled down to the right. Interpreted, this rune means water, sea, fertility, the healing power of renewal, life energy, organic growth, imagination, psychic matters, the hidden or unknown. You may have success in travel or acquisition, and sometimes you need to experience life without evaluation or understanding. Red Merkstave, it stands for a period of confusion, poor judgment, mistakes, lack of creativity, sickness, suicide, ignoring your inner voice, and wanting something that is not coming to you. There may be a woman in your life that will bring you trouble. Magical uses for this rune include stabilizing emotions and intellect or confronting fears. Worn as an amulet, it gives strength and enhances psychic abilities. Ingwas or Ing means Ing, the earth god. It sounds like Ing as in singer. It looks like either a diamond or two X's stacked on top of each other, forming a diamond in their center. It stands for male fertility internal growth, common sense, simple strengths, family love, the home. It's a time of rest and relief, the start of a new season, phase, or project, clearing out and readiness of something new. Ingwas cannot be read Merkstave, as it looks the same inverted, but when lying in opposition, it can mean movement without change, fear, indecision, missed opportunities caused by laziness or others trying to bring you down. Magical uses for this rune include fertility and growth and restoring balance, and worn as an amulet, it brings good health and protects the home. Thagaz means day or dawn. It sounds like TH as in the, or D as in dog. It looks like an X with two lines down the sides, or like an hourglass on its side. Interpreted, this rune stands for hope happiness, breakthrough, security, and the power of change directed by your own will. It speaks of growth, transformation, release, and inheritance, whether items, talent, ability, or behaviors. It may symbolize a family or group such as a religious or activity-based group or family or culture. 
it cannot be read Bergstave, but lying in opposition, it may mean you're bound by old conditioning or that you refuse to move on from the past. It symbolizes coming full circle, hopelessness, bringing chaos to family or groups, isolation, lack of roots, or disputes over money, goods, or inheritance, legal problems, trickery, theft, or loss. Magical uses include land and property ownership, and worn as an amulet, it brings wisdom and power to you from all sources. Othala means ancestral property. It sounds like O as an oath and looks like an X with a diamond on the top. Interpreted, it stands for inherited property or possessions, increase in abundance, a house or home, good fortune, gradual improvement, spiritual and psychic journeys. Major events or turning points are on the way. There are happy and successful children in your circle and a burst of fresh energy. Red Merck's Dave, it can stand for bad karma, prejudice, homelessness, or poverty. This is an interesting rune because when surrounded by negative runes, it represents inner strength that can be used in times of difficulty. You may be drawing problems to yourself by dwelling on them. Magical uses include invoking awakening of the senses and worn as an amulet it protects, especially entranceways. Each rune also has initials associated with it so that it can be used essentially like the English alphabet, A through Z with NG and TH added in as well. There are also magical correspondences associated with each rune. Deities, colors, stones, trees, dates, flowers, herbs, astrology signs, tarot cards, and even times can be associated with each rune. Now that we've discussed the different runes and their meanings, you might wonder what the best rune set is and how you can acquire one. Commercially made rune sets are very common, and you can find sets in pretty much any occult or pagan shop, as well as many holistic markets. If you plan to purchase a rune set in a shop, you'll most likely find either a wood, bone, or stone set. They typically come in small pouches and may or may not be accompanied by a small handbook. If they don't come with a book, don't worry about that. There are many available, and I'll suggest a few of my favorites at the end of the episode. My personal set is of this nature, an extremely simplistic bone set that I found in a local pagan shop. It was around $15 if I'm remembering correctly. They're not terribly expensive and don't need to be. You can also find rune sets all over the internet. I suggest looking on Etsy, where you'll find a variety of beautiful handmade rune sets. Keep in mind that prices may be higher here, as you're not just paying for the rune set, but for the time and artistic ability that comes with creating handmade things. Speaking of handmade, try making your own rune set. You can walk outside and find rocks or other items for free and paint or carve runes into them, or purchase wood and pieces of bone that you can carve, wood burn, or paint the runes onto. One of the women in my coven cut her own bone pieces and carved them into a beautiful set. You can also use clay or glass to make a rune set. I've even seen runes painted on shells, which would be great if you're a water sign. The only thing you really need to watch out for is that each piece or token, stone, or shell that you use be approximately the same size. This is important, as you want the pieces to feel the same so that you're not physically aware of what you're pulling out of your rune bag. It doesn't do you any good if you know that chipped piece is your Bercano rune just by feeling it. This may cause your readings to be inaccurate. So how do you know what set to choose? It's simple. 
Do you like it? Are you drawn to it in some way? Whether you choose a rune set because you think it's pretty, or you love the feel of the pieces in your hands, or it's special to you because someone made it, or you chose the stones outside from your favorite river or park, it doesn't matter. All that matters is how you feel about the set. Also, if you happen to touch a set in a shop and it doesn't feel right to you on an energy level, don't stress that too much. You're going to cleanse that set and put your own energy into it anyway, which is what we're about to discuss. But first, a story. One of the witches in my coven came to me asking for advice on what kind of rune set she should get. Her exact words were, what's a good beginner set? This confused me, so I asked her what she meant by beginner set. She explained to me that she had fallen in love with a rune set that was carved onto amethyst stones, and that a friend, who'd been supposedly teaching her about Wicca, had told her that was not a good set for her, that it was too advanced for a beginner. She talked her into buying a set she didn't want instead, saying it was better for a beginner. The woman then took the rune set home with her to cleanse it, telling my coven mate that it was too complicated a process to explain, and since she was a more advanced witch, she would just cleanse her set for her. Let's break this story down. First of all, there is no such thing as a beginner's rune set, or a more advanced rune set, or a rune set being too advanced for someone who is new to rune casting. This statement is absolutely ridiculous. As I mentioned previously, runes are symbols, not the pieces the symbols are carved onto. All runic symbols are the same. There are no advanced runic symbols, so how can the stones they're carved on be too advanced for someone? This makes no sense. Choose the set you like. Choose the set you want, as you're the one who will be using it. It should speak to you and no one else. End of story. Second, this idea that cleansing something, anything, is too complicated a process to explain or show someone else. This is a huge red flag that this person has absolutely no idea what they're talking about and are either keeping information from you in order to feel more important or more knowledgeable or that they are, most likely, completely full of shit and have no clue what they're doing. In my personal experience, when someone withholds information from you about something that's pretty widely known within paganism, it's a sure sign that it's because they don't know themselves, and perhaps they're not the best person to learn from or to go to for advice. This is the perfect situation to highlight why it's so degrading and inhibiting to instill this sense of smaller than or less than. Build confidence, don't drain it. Friends, when someone, anyone, starts telling you what not to buy or what you shouldn't or can't do within your personal practice, run just run. This is a huge red flag. A real witch wouldn't do this, or a real witch doesn't do that. No. Honey, a real witch doesn't tell another witch how to practice their craft. Offering advice is one thing, when it's asked for. But really, the biggest piece of advice we should be offering is that you should research that, or try it and see. 
something that doesn't work for you might work for someone else. Never forget how personal and individual paganism is. So how do you cleanse and energize a rune set? How complicated is it? It's not complicated at all, and there are innumerable ways you can cleanse a rune set. It's important to cleanse your set between uses so that any stagnant or lingering energy is taken away and a fresh reading can be done. This is especially important if you're doing a rune casting for someone else or someone else has touched or handled your rune set. You can use any method of cleansing that you like, and here are just a few. Put your rune set through the four elements. Sprinkle them with water, quickly pass them through the fire of a lit candle, blow on them with your own breath or use a feather to make air pass over them, or sprinkle them with salt or sand for earth. Smudging is the most common form of cleansing. Sage smoke clears all energy. This is especially good if your rune set is new or you've recently cast for someone else or allowed others to handle your set. It will clear away all residual energy and allow you to infuse your set with your own energy. Palo Santo smoke will clear only the negative energy and leave the positive energy, which is great for a rune set you only use for yourself and already have in your possession. And if you don't have sage or Palo Santo, simply use incense smoke to cleanse your set. This works just as well. My favorite method of cleansing runes I refer to as the tap and empower method. Put your rune set in its bag and hold it in one hand, allowing the bag to dangle. Then use your other hand in a fist to gently tap the bag of runes three times to expel or tap out any residual or unwanted energy. Shaking the bag gently three times will also work to shake out unwanted energy. Then simply put your hand in the bag and hold the pieces to empower them with your own energy. Some people cleanse and energize their runes in sunlight or by the energy of the moon. As you can see, there's no right or wrong way to cleanse your runes, and it's not complicated at all. It takes no special ritual or ceremony, unless you want it to. As in all things, it's whatever works for you. Now that your runes are cleansed and your casting area is prepared, it's time to focus on your question or inquiry. It's important to have a clear question in mind and not to change your question mid-casting. Once you're ready, put your hand into your rune bag and gently mix or stir the runes with your fingers. The bag your runes are drawn from represents the universe. Your subconscious mind, which is now focused on your inquiry, guides you to select the rune lots for your reading. Therefore, the selection process is not just at random, but instead you're selecting the lot or piece that subconsciously or energetically feels right to you. When you're ready to cast your runes, there are several ways you can do this. The tossing method is a simple way to read your runes. As you mix your runes with your fingers, select an amount that feels right to you and simply toss them gently onto your rune cloth or inside your casting area. If a rune lands face down or outside your casting area, ignore it. If it lands upright, it holds meaning. And if a rune lands Merkstave, inverted or upside down, don't fix it. It will affect your reading. Traditionally, the rune that falls nearest to the center of your cloth or reading area represents the predominant issues of the question, and those farther away may be influencers of the main issue. 
This tossing method is the best method to use when you're casting rune tines. Rune tines are runes that are etched or painted onto lots or pieces that are more stick-like, such as twigs, as opposed to the flat pieces that are more common. If two upright runes are closer touching, they're related. If they cross each other, they lie in opposition. The layout method is when you remove the runes from your bag, one at a time, and lay each rune on the cloth exactly as it's removed from the bag. So again, don't turn it right side up if it's pulled out inverted. Set the runes down in a specific shape or layout, and this will be your reading. When using the layout method, you're choosing a layout that you wish to use. The most common layout for rune casting is called casting the Norns. The Norns are the Norse goddesses of fate. You would lay three runes in a row. The first is the past of the situation in question. The second is the present or current path that you're on. And the third is the future or likely outcome if you continue on your current path. Layouts can be as simplistic or as complicated as you like, and can use one rune, all 24, or any number in between. Any tarot layout can be used, or you can look up a plethora of layouts online or find them in any book about runes or tarot. I'll post photos of a few of my favorite rune layouts from my Book of Shadows on Instagram and Facebook for you to look at if you'd like an idea of what they consist of. Before we part ways, I'd like to give a small shout out to various pagan accounts on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok that I find educational or entertaining, Etsy or online shops that are pagan-based, websites, books, products, and physical stores that are pagan-written, crafted, owned, and operated. This week, I'd like to shine my pagan spotlight on two books. The first is an Orion Plain and Simple book entitled Runes by Kim Farnell. This is a great book for anyone who's just starting out with rune casting or who wants more information about runes. The other book is called Using the Runes, a Comprehensive Introduction to the Art of Runecraft by D. Jason Cooper. Cooper's book goes into further detail about the magical uses and rituals associated with runes. These two books side by side are a great starting point to both kick off and further enhance your rune casting skills. I hope that your magical workings are goddess blessed during this upcoming wolf moon. Happy rune casting, friends. See you next week. Thank you for conjuring up some time to spend with me today. And until next time, broomies, remember, don't drink and fly. Don't drink and fly.